mean, there's not much I haven't got that I've nicked from the local library. And so anyway, hello, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Caught you can out I, there. Can, can <laughs> I, no, I I've got books on, um, lost underground stations. Got a whole book on the Necropolis Railway. Can I borrow, can I borrow no, you your, uh... No, you can't. I'm can sorry. I borrow no, your I don't on... know you well enough. And, and I, I, I wouldn't no, trust you anyway. You either lend me one or I come round yours and we spend an evening reading to you, each other. I have moved. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I, I tell you where you need to you go. You're if still you're coming interested... in about the same place yesterday when I was outside your house. <laughs> well, that was you, was it again? <laughs> Dressed as that. that little old woman. <laughs> Feed the birds. Tuppence a bag. Feed the birds. Yeah, you didn't going. give me the tuppence, thought, did you? I knew it was Christo straight away. <laughs> Feed the birds. Greek. Feed the birds. You know, threepence a bag. Fourpence. How much are you going to give me, love? <laughs> Nothing. But uh, you need to go to the London Transport Museum. Yeah. In Covent Garden. Go to the back. Yeah. Ask for Fred under the counter. <laughs> They've got all this stuff. They've got. Uh, underground bunkers, they've got DVDs, they've got videos, they've got I'm books. I'm fascinated by yeah. it. Yeah, underground railways, forgotten stations. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the forgotten stations I went to the well. one down the road from here, which is before you hit Fleet Street on the right-hand side, and they opened it up for special opening up the railway stations. Yeah. Days, and you could go in there, and they use it for filming now. Because I and know that that passenger lift that used to take you down. Because there's the line as well, which is the disused part of the, the Jubilee line, huh. which goes to Charing Cross, which which that's used for filming loads. Because that's yeah. actually a proper bit of tunnel that they can. Well, it was drive a great down. line, a, a great story. Which one of our contributors told me, and I think it was Diane Burstein, that uh, somebody was on a train once and they went through, I think Aldwych or something like that, and they were filming a Victorian scene. And as the train went through the station, people are looking at all these people in Victorian costume, <laughs> sipping tea and everything else, because they were filming down there. <laughs> so it was really bizarre. <laughs> Very surreal. You'd have, you'd have felt at home, though. I did feel at home with, <laughs> what, with the cups of tea, you mean? No, with the Victorian era. Yeah. Um, nice to see since yesterday you've added to that lovely shape of yours. <laughs> I think <laughs> you will find... considerably, actually. Last night, mm. I went, uh, I ran twice around Clapham Common. Well, so you should have, because if you nick people's bags, they deserve <laughs> to chase you. That's as simple as that. I've said to people before, if you sit, you'll give up eventually. You go... <sighs> You just chase him. <laughs> I gave it back in the end. Yeah, well, you should have to. <laughs> I tell you, I, I, did, I did watch Lou Swimming the other day, and I wasn't wrong. Colleen well, talking, no talking of bags. Talking of bags. <laughs> Colleen Nolan has piled on the pounds like this. No, having, having conned you into buying her DVD, where sort of they'd airbrushed her on the front to make her look like a thin old bag. No, she's piled it on. She is the, the whole range of the Chipmunk family. Well, the thing is with Wayne as well, is that he is... No, Colleen. Yeah, but I know, but with Wayne as well, he's one of those people that, however... Oh, no. Wayne Rooney. This is Colleen Nolan. Oh, Colleen Nolan. I thought you were talking about Colleen Rooney, because no. I thought she was on there as a guest. Oh, God, no, they couldn't put her on there. She can't speak. Oh, right, no, Colleen... Oh, so Colleen Nolan... Colleen oh, she Nolan. put it all back oh, on there. she's piled it on and troughed as well. Because she did the Rosemary Conley DVD, where she's yeah. on the front, and she's apparently at ten. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's about a seventeen now. <laughs> she's got fat in the face. That's why she started wearing the black again and covering everything up. I've told you before, these diets do not work. Mm. You know, if you want to get out there, you've got to do exercise all the t- It's a regime for the rest of your life. Which is, I think I am the example of that. Thank you very much. Well, you don't look me up and down when I say well, that. I'm sort thanks. of thinking what I could recommend. And also, somebody told me the other day, it cannot be true. Please, please, it cannot be true. Mm. That, um, um, who's that useless waste of space? Kerry Katona. <laughs> somebody told me she's had, um, lipo. No. Well, that's what I... Th- I read it in a newspaper yesterday, and it said, is somebody going to tell the truth over this, that she's had two lipos? I thought, well, I saw her in a bikini. No, she, I think she had... She did admit, admit to one a while ago. Well, she's just brought out a fitness DVD. But I don't know if this time... I think this time is as the result of, of boot camp. Really? Yeah. yeah. For about three months, so she can earn some money. Because mm. she's... I mean... Oh, she's so nice, gets you fit. Well, the funny thing is, they've been filming this since October. We don't yeah. get to see it for another week or so. 
Well, at one point, I mean, on, <laughs> like on skates was the only way to get Kerry around. <laughs> it's true, actually. They push her around places. <laughs> it is, it's very strange, though, but I'm, I'm glad you like underground railways oh, and I stuff do. like that. So please lend me a book. Them. Well, I mean, I, but, but if I lend people books, it's... But I never see them back again. Well, I will give it back to you. Yeah, but you say that now, but, I mean, I, I might not see you again for another year or something. Well, I'll make sure we see each other before then. Oh, scary. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, now he knows where I live, and now he can do Feed the Birds and sit there and go... Because we, we, we have a bloke in Twickenham who, who begs. Mm. He used to play the violin, but, I mean, thankfully, somebody's obviously taken it away from him <laughs> because he couldn't play for toffee. Now he just sits there like a, a complete waste of space. Why don't these people get up and do a day's work? You know, do something like you, you get up and... And sort of work, and um, you know, <laughs> and that today you're going to go home. Luckily, you're not going to eat. Well, are I'm... you more than twenty-eight? Yeah, forget it. What do you mean? It's in the paper today, you cannot die after twenty-eight. They said you will not lose weight, men, after twenty-eight. Dan's the God, same. Well, that upstairs. ship sailed for you thirty years ago, then, didn't it? Oh, that's right. Start <laughs> start on the poor the poor bloke with the illness. Oh, here we that's go. That's right. Pick on me when there I'm down be, because I'm on injections. There right? will be if there is ever a nuclear war, it'll be you sat in that microphone and the cockroaches left. I'm That'll speaking be to you from London, a city in flames. There's just me here. <laughs> Christo has just been used as a zeppelin. <laughs> we've we've anchored him and he's floating over London to deter the Germans. <laughs> they've turned around. <laughs> they've turned around and gone <laughs> they've, home again. They saw minds. him and that was it. No, I will not take this abuse. I am a picture of fitness. You I'm are a picture now. of fitness. And as long as you hang on to that old, faded, Dariograph-type <laughs> picture, you'll be fine. Yeah. I got uh, Christmas cards today. Got I got Christmas cards. cards. They've obviously arri- they either arrived in late, mm. or they were posted before. Yes, well, I, I think, think you know, some of your, perhaps some of your audience are a little bit confused. I think you're the one with the confused <laughs> audience. I did listen overnight, mate. I'd just stand in the shower. I'd get me in and out quickly. <laughs> Quick, there might be another one. <laughs> Out that to towel myself off. Very bad to towel yourself off, somebody told me. You're supposed to use a flannel to dry yourself and then towel yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, because otherwise the towel gets too wet. Uh, well, you can dry the towel then, That's what I thought. I've got a towel roll. You put it over the towel. That's like you're not supposed to put aftershave onto yourself. You're supposed to spray it in front and of walk you and walk it. into it. Yes. And also, never ever put aftershave on skin after you've just cut it. You've just got a razor and you've cut it, so you've opened up the pores, and then you're putting on alcohol. Small wonder people go, ha, ta, 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 <laughs> like that. You, no, you're right. Women do that. You spray in the air and then you walk, you walk through it. it. It's a very classy thing to yeah. do. Don't actually spray it in your eyes because otherwise you won't see where you're going. Yeah. Will you? Close your eyes when you do But that. the railway, ch- check out the little the Buckingham Palace little railway for the post. You it, know, it doesn't work anymore. Well, let's go to the Transport Museum together one day. God, you're really pushing it, aren't you? You are pushing it, <laughs> I'm afraid. Great to see you there. You on tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, look forward to that. Hey, Have wait, a lovely wait, day. Well, I'm not on. I may as well just hang around. Yeah, yeah, that's you. good. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a lift home in my car. Oh, that'd be lovely. Thank not. you. Thank you. Did your car go to Brixton? I'm not sure it does. I don't think it does, actually. Is, it, is that south of the river? Yeah. No chance. No chance. I'm a bit like taxi drivers. Christo, back with you tomorrow morning on LBC. Thank you for the Christmas cards. It feels a bit... <laughs> I came today and got Christmas cards, which I like because it's Thursday and I love Thursday. And yesterday, uh, we talked to Lenny Henry. Now, we were only going to talk to Lenny Henry for 30 minutes because he's starting a nationwide tour. It's quite an intensive tour. And it starts in Newbury on the 17th of this month. And I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. And I've said before on the programme, I'm not a huge fan of Lenny Henry. But when you sit down and talk to him, he's so funny. He is absolutely so... F- I mean, I hardly get a word in edgewise on this programme. We sat there and, and he just tells stories. And it was very, very good. Great voice for radio. Great voice for radio. And so we get an hour. Because we said to him beforehand, 
because if uh, most people w- will do half an hour with because they have so many interviews to do. And yesterday, he must have had, well, I don't know, there were three sheets of interviews that he had to do on ISDN line. And so he said, listen, is it, I, know, it, I know that you don't have to start doing them till ten. We started recording them at five past nine. And we said, Can, do you think we could do a bit longer? And he went, yeah, of course. He was so obliging. Couldn't have been any, any more helpful. And so you'll hear the result this week, Lenny Henry... In conversation. Uh, future weeks, we've got Darren Brown and people like that coming in. And, um, and Christo wants to do it in conversation. So, the, I mean, so it'll be, it'll be fairly short. That'll be... So, Christo, uh, tell us about... Oh, no, no, don't tell us about your life. And, um, yes. And I, I, I would be funnier on that one. I tried to be funny with Lenny Henry. It was, I, was, I was losing big time. I made him laugh, though. I unintentionally made him laugh. I think he was laughing at me as opposed to with me. Because <laughs> I, I do a very good impression of, um... Yeah, you have to, have to listen on, on Sunday to it. And you'll agree, it's really good. In fact, when he does it, it wasn't half as good as my impression. I won't, I won't tell you what the impression was, but I do this impression, and he just cracks up. He just cracks up. In fact, we had to go to the break, because it was so funny. And then we come back, and we still go back into it again. So, uh, Lenny Henry, this Sunday... LBC 97.3 in Conversazione. And I'm in the, I'm in the, um, um, the news agents yesterday, Modi's. So I either go in there or Crown News Agents down the road near Montpellier Road. And so I go into Modi's and I'm picking up, uh, what did I pick up? Country Life. And Mrs Modi, as you know, fell over in the snow and she's done her arm and so she, she's got this plaster thing on and everything else. And so I, I pick up my Country Life because there's hardly any houses in it. I'm really disappointed. Either they've sold them all. Or, or there just really aren't any houses left in the country to sell. And then I always get a copy of the stage, not the stage, um, of, um, God, I forgot what the blast, World's Fair. And it's got Circus World Incorporated and Market Trader and stuff like that. And I like looking at all the funfair stuff, because I find it fascinating that you can go and buy a set of dodgems for 200,000 quid. And I keep thinking, perhaps I should buy a set of dodgems. And I keep thinking, where would I keep them? Where would I keep a set of dodgems? Because it's quite big lorries they come on. There'd be two lorries. And I thought, oh, I don't know, I quite fancy a set of dodgems. Anyway, so I, I didn't do that. And so I bought them. And then there was a lady in there buying her, her tickets and everything. I said, I recognise your voice. Because I get that a lot. I do get a lot of people going. In fact, I went out yesterday and Courtney was downstairs. And he's talking to a chap in the, in the foyer. And, um, and I didn't know who he was, actually. It turns out he's the man who looks after Leicester Square. He is the Leicester Square manager. And I was talking to Courtney, and this bloke goes, I recognise your voice. It's funny, isn't it? You wouldn't have thought that, because some people don't have distinctive voices. I, luckily, have got a very distinctive voice, and that's why it's so great to be with you in LBC, on LBC. And uh, so he was a listener as well. So, okay, I'm... Cu- oh, God, you're back. Hi. Hi. Hiya. Great you. to see you. Thanks. Bye, then. Hi. Would you like an orange? No, I'm all right. Take the one with the paraquat in. It's the... <laughs> which one is it? I forgot which one it is now. <laughs> The last one tasted of some sort of chemical. What was it? Me. Yeah. Did you feel okay, though? Yeah, no, I felt really sleepy. Really? Oh, good. Fine. That's working slowly, then, isn't it? Probably still manages to get up to do the programme. What can you do, ladies and gentlemen? What can you do? I do my best. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, we do have to go through the papers. We will give you the rundown. Apparently, Nadia Sawal has given her verdict on all the people on Strictly... The Dancing on Ice thing. Just called Dancing on Ice, I know, I know, just to wind up the producer. He's strictly dancing on Please Book Me a Place and Do a Dear, a Female Dancing on Ice. And uh, she's given a bit. It just sounds like I'm mad, you're right. And she likes everybody in the programme. She even likes the awful ones that we don't like. But luckily, Noreen and I are like minded. We want to vote out um, two people. I'll tell you who they are in a sec. (laughs) 
These are the headlines. A Labour MP is claiming nearly 30,000 prisoners will be given the right to vote, including just under 6,000 who've been locked up for violent crimes. Over 1,700 sex offenders would also be able to cast their ballot, according to a letter released by the MP for tooting Sadiq Khan. The number of people now using a credit card to pay their mortgage or rent has increased by half in a year. The housing charity Shelter says 2.6 million people are reusing plastic to pay. It warns the number is likely to increase. And the search continues for more flu vaccines as the government admits some parts of the country are running short. It's claimed more supplies are being brought in from Europe. Here she is from Essex. In a programme podcast, go to lbc.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Hello. Oh, thank you. Sorry. I was just thinking, actually, I went to, when I left here yesterday, having done Lenny Henry, I, I, I had a, a senior moment because I went to Drummond's over the road. So I needed to get some money out. And, and I like going to Drummond's because it's old fashioned. And I, ju- I just I've been in there for for lunch before now. And it's, it's one of the old banking families. It's owned by Royal Bank of Scotland. But they've got Coots, Childs, Drummond's. And Royal Bank of Scotland. And, and I keep thinking, perhaps I should transfer my account to Drummond's. Because I really like them in there. I really like them. So anyway, I go past Trafalgar Square. What have they done? The, sorry. They've, they've taken the tree down. The tree is down. And there's a man with a hacksaw. And he's cutting its branches off. You could hear the screams from where I was. Cutting the branch off and feeding them into the little mini shredder. And what I should have done, I should have, got, I should have phoned Adrian. and said, Adrian, quick, Trafalgar Square now. They've cu- cut the tree down. But anyway, so that was OK. And um, the rest of it, it's, we didn't get a photo of it being cut down, but now it's all pulped. But it's being put to good use. I know. It's a sh- it doesn't matter. We do have, have the pictures on the LBC website of, the, uh, of our tree. A bit like having a picture on the website of Our James. And Our James is currently bombing down the motorway as fast as an A40 can go. And uh, <laughs> here he is with it. Do you know, a lot of people have said recently that since I've started wearing my Deerstalker hat, I look a bit like you, James. Really? Yeah. That's a worry. That's what this I said to them. Happy New Year. Yeah, ha- happy, happy New, New Year. year. <laughs> and, uh, and may you get everything you wish for. Here I am. I'm still on the television in 2011. Can you believe it? Yes, I can. Not to mention the radio, not to mention the internet, not to mention actually being able to walk. I know. Still it's at a... our age, Stevie, to get out there and do it. Yeah, do you know, funnily enough, this year I'm, I'm feeling more positive about this year than I did about last year. And so you should. Yeah. And does any attention to what people say about you behind your back. <laughs> Listen, that's never bothered me in, in my life. I think it was so funny uh, yesterday because J- J- James uh, O'Brien was sitting upstairs and, uh, and I, I said to him, I said, look at this funny email I got. He said, don't worry about them. He said, they're all mad. And so I said, uh, yeah, uh, fine. He said, he said, I never worry about anything that's sent in that's abusive. He said, because I've got better things to worry about. Within two minutes... He was having the queenie fit of the decade because he'd lost his scissors from the drawer. Uh, uh, you know, I had never realised how much he does. He's a bit of a diva, isn't he? Oh, dip! You've never. He's, he's now. Oh, demanding. He had four people rushing around to find a pair of scissors. And you know the annoying thing is, he cuts all the newspapers up so those of us who come in later yeah. can't find them. You know why he does it? Because he's got children and he's used to cutting up and making corn dollies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But I've told him, and another thing he does, he sits there looking at what people say about him on Facebook and and other... Yes, yes, I know. 
Well, because I, th- I mean, I don't know why, but he does come in and spend ten minutes going through his Facebook and and then telling me all about it, because I'm not on Facebook. Well, I I am because there are a few people who pretend to be me and it isn't me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I mean, I don't do much. People keep wanting to be your friend. Well, how can you be a friend of somebody without ever meeting them? Yeah. And getting to know whether you like them. No, that's a, I never thought about that. I ju- I've, j- I've just never done Facebook. I've, I've just never thought that I want to sit at home and somebody's going to go, can I be your friend? And I think, I've, just, I've got enough friends, thank you very much. I don't want any more friends. Well, uh, all my friends join me from four o'clock in the afternoon. That's all the friends we need, isn't it? Well, it's, uh, j- to be honest with... Oh, oh that's, that's your only friends, is it? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bit of a worry <laughs> there. Bit of a worry. <laughs> I think of my radio audience as my best friend. Well, You're I mean, right. I have met most of my audience, it has to be said. I mean, obviously, a lot I haven't met, but I have met loads of people. But I'm not sure if online, because you know what some people are like? I mean, there's some, there's some loonies out there who sort of pretend to be all sorts of peculiar people. And you, you start recognising the writing, thinking, oh, I know who you are. You're, you're, you're not all there in the head, are you? Well, uh, being serious for one moment, you know people get very excited about the number of it. They get on their websites and everything else. Oh, imagine. And it can be one nerdy little person sitting in their bedroom with bottle-top glasses on just pressing the button the whole time. Yeah. I really feel depressed now, actually. But I think, well, don't be, because (laughs) I think the internet's the way forward. I think we'll all be broadcasting eventually if we live long enough from our own bedrooms, broadcasting on the internet to all our fans. Oh, I need to ask you a favour. Oh, yeah, OK. I'm doing the Radlitz Centre on February the 5th. Right. What should I do to make sure I get the best out of the stage crew? Um. What did you do that made them love you so much? I just told them they were fabulous, and, and, I, and you have to remember to thank them at the beginning of the show and the end of the show. OK, right. And you didn't buy them. I'm being told you bought them crates of alcohol. No, no, I didn't buy them anything at all. I did say that they, they could eat some of my sandwiches, but they, I, had to, I had to see their identity card before they... I didn't want them bringing friends in, eating my bagels. Well, yes, that's the problem, you see, because yeah. it's fully committed, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, they, they were, I thought they were all charming. Every time they did something, I went, thanks ever so... I said, I know it's a pain to have to do this, but they're, they're so used to doing it down there, they're, they're fine. They're absolutely fine. They said, did I want your smoke machine? And I said, no, I don't want his smoke machine. <laughs> like a, I, like actually ca- <laughs> I, I actually came on to smoke. You know why? I quite like smoke. I had it at the, at the last show I did, and I've decided I want it again, and a screen, and I want a transformation at the end. <laughs> well, what, what I quite fancy doing is hypnotising. I, I reckon I could do that. It can't be difficult to hypnotise people, can uh, it? I don't know. What, what date are you doing there? On the 5th. Saturday night, the 5th of February, you'll be there, won't you? Oh, good heavens above us, you'll say- No, I can't say that, no. What? I, I can't- I'm not allowed to travel that far on a Saturday, because I've got to work Sunday. Oh, yes, you, you've got a new rider on your contract. Absolutely, there, and yes. also, it's in the insurance on the car. Really? Yeah, I, can't, I can only do so many miles in a month. Yeah, but of course, the other thing is, the LBC insurance wouldn't cover you and me. No. Being in the same place at the same Absolute, time. You'd imagine, you know, half, half the station would disappear if sort yeah. of, you know, it was revealed yeah. that we'd been out and all of a sudden, you know, the theatre had sort of imploded and discovered some underground workings from Neanderthal Man. But, you know, apparently my wife has uh, taken a photograph of me whilst uh, 
we were having a, a little Christmas break in the snow. I won't tell you any more. Oh, dear God. And she sent it to loads of people with a caption of Neanderthal man underneath. <laughs> so so the marriage is still going well. <laughs> yes, 40 years this year, dear boy. But it don't years. seem a day too long. <laughs> Can you imagine how expensive that would be? Yes, absolutely. I can. I can. Well, listen, the uh, the, the papers very, very quickly are full of this uh, so-called relationship with Cheryl Cole and her dancer boyfriend, Derek, where they're now saying they're definitely together because he appears to have his head on her stomach. What? Well, it, you'll, you'll, you'll see the pictures later on. It's a little bit worrying, but they're saying because his head is on her stomach, that means it's true love. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, maybe it's true platonic love, I would have thought. Well, that's what I thought as well. Also, Samantha Janus, now Samantha Womack, has quit EastEnders over the baby story. Oh, that was a bit, wasn't it, really? I mean, on Christmas Day, that was not nice. No, New Year's Day. New Year. Was it New Year? I yeah. didn't watch, but I read about it. Yeah, it wasn't nice. Uh, Jordan it? officially says that her marriage is over, but that's the Daily Star, so we're not too sure about that one. Who in the... Who is it? actually interested in that woman anymore. Jordan is interested in that woman. Yeah, I mean, as all the experts have said, listen, darling, why don't you keep your big, fat, ugly mouth shut about your relationship, and then maybe it might stand a chance of surviving. But if you lay yourself out in the press and sell every aspect of your life, which you have done, you deserve as much misery as you're getting. And that's what the experts say. That's what, that's what the experts are saying via me. Well, did you see yesterday the story about Charlotte Church having yes. a go about the Queen? Wasn't well, that I... disgraceful? Appalling. Appalling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know why she's done it? The, the poor old bag has got an album out, and she's got to try and get some publicity. Because if you go, Charlotte Church has got an album out, people will say, stick it in the remainder bin, we'll pick it up later. You see, Charlotte Church has a lovely voice singing classical music. Why does she try to be a punk when she's obviously not? Well, because they all go through that, because she obviously didn't like the image that she had when she was voice of an angel. Now she's sort of mouth of a potty, I'm afraid, and just she's just a disgusting old drunk, isn't she, poor old soul? Well, you yeah. see, I liked her until she said that about the Queen, yes. and I thought that was uncalled for in her jubilee. Yes, absolutely, I totally... I mean, put it this way, you can say anything you like, the moment you diss a lady who cannot come back... Is, is the time that it all, you know, it goes horribly wrong. And so I'm afraid Charlotte Church is off my Christmas card list. She's not being invited to my next show, and I'm certainly not inviting her on In Conversazione. And I won't be uh, buying her new album. Either. I will not be buying anything to do with Fat Church, I'm afraid. I mean, also, she's, she's pictured in the latest magazine wearing suspenders. I mean, you know, she's a little bit old for that kind of cape now. And holding two bananas. I've asked See, around the driving. office. Nobody can hold two bananas. I'm driving. Oh, sorry. Do beg your pardon. Yeah. Sorry. Listen, yes, have, have, have a lovely day. I will. I'll see you at four. See you at four. Bye. Bye. I'll be here in spirit for him. The whale is back at four. LBC this afternoon. It's nice, isn't it? No, Charlotte, what a dreadful thing to say about the Queen. What a dreadful... I mean, just... Just unnecessary. Why, you know, pick on somebody who can't answer back. I mean, that's, you know, if she'd picked on Jordan, it would have been a fair game. Because let's face it, she's... The... Just very quickly, I must tell you, what was the most complained about programme uh, of the last decade? The most complained about programme on television in the last decade? Emmerdale, she says. Emmerdale. Who can complain about Emmerdale? No, Big Brother. 57,000 complaints. That would have been the Shilpachetti, Jade Goody racist thing. 
no, not, not just because it's rubbish. Uh, next was the X Factor, then Jerry Springer, the opera. But that was a concerted effort done by an online church to try and complain about it. So they got 8,000. Coronation Street got 2,000. The uh, Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand, Saxgate, 1,900. Um, something called Alim Online. Alim, I don't know what it is. That got 1,500. Shipwrecked, 1,004, but that's because it was a rubbish programme. EastEnders, 1,329. Emmerdale, 980 complaints. <laughs> Bringing up baby, 752. What the hell was that? But, um, oh, right, teenagers. But uh, strangely enough, um, they've said here, um, this is, for, this is the, the Frankie Boyle thing. They're actually saying, oh, you know, Channel 4 about to drop him. Channel 4 has said no such thing whatsoever. What they've said is, you know, they're not, they, it, hasn't, it doesn't matter to them that Channel 4 gets complaints. Channel 4 have had more programmes complained about than anybody else. They're not, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Don't be such big girl's blouses. Grow up. Anyway, Nathan Morley, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Steve Allen. Oh, did you know, honestly, I missed you over the festive season. Did no, you really? No, not really. Did no. you really? No. No, no. Didn't. OK. No. Right. <laughs> Do you want to leave it there, Chief, or, 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 or throw in a, a few other okay. uh, nonsensical lines to make me feel better? I'm going to make you feel better. You've got no electricity, right? Oh, no, look, it's back on now. Oh, but when, uh, <laughs> there's a story here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my electric went down, and um, four or five hours it was off, along with the entire district. And, of course, you know that during the day I'm very industrious and working and making, making the huge amount of money I do yeah, yeah. Uh, via various electronic means. <laughs> Um, so anyway, we found out that this, I thought it was a normal power cut. Some guy had <laughs> broken into a substation and tried to wire it up to his pig farm. And, um, well, oh. he's, I don't know, he's clinging to life now with third, second and third degree burns in hospital. Oh. And I said, well, wait till I get hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you ruined my Christmas. I know, I, I'll tell you what, I was in the middle of a Word document and recording at the same time. And I said, I wonder if I can sue for loss of earnings. <laughs> Despite his obvious, uh, his obvious bad condition. I mean, what kind of person would break into an electricity substation? Somebody stupid. I know. Somebody stupid. Thousand euros of damage as well. I was so, is, 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 is he seriously hurt? Yes. Oh, yes. good. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, well, that's fine then. I don't mind that. <laughs> I'm, at all. Try- I'm trying to be sympathetic, but I really can't. I mean, to be honest really... with you, the worst thing is that when people do that, the producers just go. What about if that was linked to a hospital, somebody on a life support machine all of a sudden lost their lives? We'd be going, oh, did the pig farmer get hurt? Oh, did him. Mm. Somebody just lost their life in the hospital yeah. because they cut the electricity. Because he was well, thieving. I don't have any sympathy, yeah. I'd, yeah hang I mean... I'd hang him. I'm sorry, I have no time for people. Take all his <laughs> pigs away from him. Give him chickens. <laughs> oh, you sound exactly how I did when I found out. I'd be furious. I would be absolutely well, I, yes. fuming. I was furious, and I was thinking to myself, surely citizens like me can take out a private prosecution against this yeah. guy. Yeah, You know, not just for the fact that they've got no electric, for the fact I can't work for four or five hours. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm sitting there in the dark... But also, in the you evening. might have had important emails coming in that might have concerned the health of a family member, or something mm. like that, or, you know, you might have had the result of a test back from the doctors, and you don't yeah, get well, it... No, 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 I didn't, no, no tests, uh, no, no tests. Oh, OK, fine, OK. But you might have had... <laughs> You might have, no, you know, no. you might have been, been to the doctor, and, and he, he might have been trying to say to you, don't ever touch alcohol ever again, it could be fatal, and because your electricity's gone, <laughs> you won't know about it, and then you can't talk on the radio. 
emails like that I'd rather not receive, actually. <laughs> Maybe I'd drop the whole case. You and me together. <laughs> <laughs> who wants you know, to hear bad enough, news? Though, I was reading about these, these people who do go into substations, electricity substations, and it's very common in Britain, yes. uh, apparently, to steal copper, I think it is. Yes, a certain section of the community does thieve copper. So they've had to, they uh, they've had to sort of come up with uh, ways around it because they break in and they steal the copper. As far as I'm concerned, they could, they could all be electrocuted. I couldn't care less. Is it just absolutely... But I don't know whether they're just plain stupid. They're, they're thieving little people. Or very, very greedy. Yes. I mean, to go into a, a substation, possibly one of the most dangerous places you could go... Yeah. Um, uh, and even if you get a minor, you know, a minor, a minor you, know, you come out with third-degree burns. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they do it purely to strip the cable back to get the copper out of it. Yeah. It's like the other yeah. the other week, no, it wasn't a, a few months ago, we had some thieving people who went into a cemetery and removed all the war plaques to the war dead uh, of all the names of the soldiers to uh, sell it and melt down because they sell it to scrap merchants because they're those bent people out there, scrap dealers. Do you mean the m- metal plaques yes, they from were the, the Second World plaques, War? Yes, yeah, screwed onto the wall of the cemetery, and they then well, go and you... sell them to a scrap metal dealer. Who must know and what they are? It's got soldiers' names written on there. And you see, this, this is where that's the thin line. And, yeah. and uh, did they catch them? Do they know who they are? No, they never caught them. It's about time we had a special firing squad for people like that. I, mean, I just can't it... believe who in their right mind would want to do this. It's like people who go and... You know, knock on pensioners' doors and rob them blind. I mean, yep. I just, yep. I, yep. I can't get to grips with things like that. No, People no, I, I survived up until now and get to their eighties, and some little toe rag, you know, will either rob them or rob a charity shop. People thieve from charity shops. I would have them caught at the door and beheaded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, you, you know, the, 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 the you've just hit the nail on the head. I've always believed that pensioners should have a special police number as well. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? A direct police number. Well, for, I, I for, think it has to be something they can find on the phone. It's not going to give them 999. Give them yes, one. Yes, but they should have a super-fast service, an uber-fast yeah. service, because a lot of the things you get through, then they're... Tra- uh, they need... They need uh, if, if they have been attacked or if they are in some kind of, kind of trouble, uh, w- without going through all this fuss yes. that you go through, that they need... I, I, I always believe that... Well, there I think be there should number. be gangs of pensioners going out mugging schoolchildren at the, uh, at the bus stop <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, give, give us your pocket money. Get away from me, granny. Come here. <laughs> You know, yeah, I'd go for that. Yeah, but if you ever find these people who steal war plaques, uh, you know, b- b- happily send them over to me. I'll, uh, I'll they make steal sure anything. They absolutely... If, if it's not screwed down, they will... See, even probably from this building, you will find that some... I mean, I myself have taken things from this building. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm going to hold my hands up and say, the three paper clips I took in 2010, I'm keeping. All right, so simple well, as that. I don't that. blame you. And, and that's probably in the back pay, I'd say, because, <laughs> I mean, the pay is very sloppy, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't actually say that three paper clips was going to cover back pay, but it's a thought. <laughs> it's a thought. Only you could come up with that. Listen, I must mention that you've had something that they've got in Australia, but unfortunately yeah. you haven't made the news with yours because it's obviously not serious. You've had flooding. Oh, no, we, have, uh, I don't, we haven't made the news on the scale of Australia, but uh, we've had some very bad flooding. In mm. fact, um, uh, the highways have been flooded and kind of ground, everything's ground to a halt. And, of course, when this, this happens, these flash floods happen, I am usually on the highway. It's almost like some kind of calling from God. Uh, I won't be out for days and days on end. And then the day I'm on the, on the middle of the uh, Larnaca-Nicosia Highway, there will be a flash flood, and it's closed for four hours. We had about 150 houses flooded in the city centre the other day, and the fire crews are out all night. And there's a, there's a low-pressure system over the Mediterranean because we had a very hot 
winter so far. Uh, so there are, we've got snow up in the mountains at the moment. We have this low-pressure system, so the flooding could continue right the way into early next week, they're telling us. And I don't know if you've ever been in the Mediterranean when we have a rainstorm. It, it's almost like switching on a shower. It's a start-stop. I mean, you... It, it doesn't gradually start. It'll just start raining right. and uh, with tremendous force, and it can um, rain for anything up to three or four hours, and then you are left with maybe five or six inches of rain. It's quite, well, you know what they're uh, actually predicting here, don't you, today? I have no idea, no. Snow. They're not... Hello? Snow. Oh, I thought you said no. No, I said snow. <laughs> I thought, you know what they're predicting here today? I said no, you said no. Snow. <laughs> snow. <laughs> good, good. Well, you need a bit more. It gives you something to talk about and moan about. Yeah. Maybe you could close your airports snow and your again. railways. Just when we, just when we, we thought we'd seen the last of it. It's going to come back again with a vengeance. Oh, no, Sky needs something to talk about, don't they? Yeah. They can, de they can deploy their reporter outside Heathrow and yes. go there every 15 oh, minutes. even as we speak, there'll be reporters getting out their thermals to go and stand there <laughs> in a blizzard, and everybody back in the newsroom have a good old laugh at them. Oh, look, we we've sent Alter because they hate them, you know. We've shoved yeah. them out there, and they're, getting, they're going, and here at, uh, here at uh, Heathrow Airport, it's really, really, the snow's coming down quite badly. And we'll yeah. go, go yeah. on, freeze out there, we hate Oh, you. I love it. I love it, especially <laughs> when they send them up to some... The cow field in Scotland. Yes. And then they keep going back and you switch on as I come up for my nighttime cocoa. I switch, and there's some poor girl standing in a field going, well, it's still snowing, Jeremy. I, and I think, you poor thing. I always want what a snowplough to go past and to completely cover them in snow so they <laughs> vanish. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's what happens when you do a media studies degree. Yeah. You, you should have done something proper. You know? <laughs> should have done history. So you would have got a proper job. I love it. I love it. But, but all the reporters go, oh, did you remember, see, there was, there was a funny thing that they ran off, uh, that they, they ran up. Well, I think when De Dennis Norden did it, it'll be all right on the night. And it was a reporter outside the Old Bailey. And he kept doing this report. And every time he started doing it, this bloke walked behind the camera and waved. <laughs> and in the end, he I turned do. around and said, why don't you off? And then there was another reporter, outside, always outside the Old Bailey, and it was, it was raining and it was cold, and he finishes the report by saying, so-and-so, so-and-so, outside the Old Bailey, cold, fed up, miserable, <laughs> weed off, want to go home. And that was it. Because they stand I, there, I, it must be horrible. <laughs> there was a wonderful radio report many years ago, and I, and I can't remember which station it was, there was a guy doing a report from a telephone box, and he's saying, and the judge said this, and uh, there will be a summing up for tomorrow. I'm sorry, I have to stop there, because there is a dog sniffing my crotch. <laughs> 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 and oh. he's trying to get rid of the dog, and, and he starts again. So the judge said, he said oh, sorry, the dog's back. <laughs> oh, how funny. <laughs> but it, it's, it's the people who stand behind cameras, and they put them in the papers going, oh, look, here's so-and-so behind another camera crew, and you think, it's because they're sad and they're ill. And they're a yeah. bit lonely, so they have to wait. And then they go on the phone to their mates. They haven't actually got any mates, so they're just they're phoning the speaking clock going, I'm on the television. i tell you what you must watch. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on YouTube. It's had right. 8 million hits so far, nearly 9 million, of the homeless man with the golden radio voice. I saw somebody post it on Facebook, and I haven't... I, I didn't click it. Check, check it I, out. It's, it's just titled... It, it's a homeless man. He, he doesn't yeah. have a job, and he's stood at the traffic lights 
but he's got one of those radio voices which really... <laughs> and, and he goes up to him, he does all his little lines into the camera for the, uh, the radio station. He's now been given a job, it has to be said, but he's homeless and he always goes, God bless you, God bless you for that. And coming up later this morning on WKFM, it's really good, but he's had... Oh, have a look at that. 8 million 700 hits. The moment you hear his voice, you'll go, that's a radio voice. Oh, good. I will have a look, because I've been, I've been neglecting Facebook posts, and normally I take a, an interest late at night. Yeah, homeless you man know. with golden radio voice in Columbus. Right, I will take a look at that. And uh, as I did mention, I made my New Year's resolution, and, and I'm sticking, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it now. Oh, what, what, so what, what, what is it? I, I stopped smoking. Oh, my God. Oh, you're going to be in such I a know. bad mood by I next know. week's programme. What, just, oh, just no. since New Year? Yeah, well, I stopped on the uh, 31st, actually. It's, so, it's, it's January uh, the 6th. Sorry? It's January the 6th. It's ja- is it January the 6th now? Yeah. It's, I, so, I had a problem so you, with it, actually. So you have done uh, a week? It, it's been a week, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've only, I've only assaulted two people. Yes. Um, <laughs> and what did oh, I die? Some criminal damage. <laughs> and I broke into a substation. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, it's been fairly quiet. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be okay, I think. I tell you, a lot of my friends have stopped smoking as well this year because they've decided they have to stop because, A, it's just not good for you, B, it's going to shorten your life. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I realised that. And and it came to me a few weeks ago as I was uh, And it's expensive. Some... Yeah, I think it, it dawns on you. I noticed a wheeze in my voice and I noticed the, the cough and I said, yeah. this can't go on. This can't go on. It's not getting any oh, better. Oh, good for it's you. Good for you. Uh, Just need to lose the weight now, and you'll be attractive. Um, but um, I, I actually heard that. Oh, did, sorry, I, did I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> you just tried to slip that one past me, didn't no, you? No, 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 no. That's okay. I heard it. I'll, I'll take it on the chin for now. But I do know where you live. I have your home phone. <laughs> oh, not number. you as well. I have your email. <laughs> do you uh, know you're the second person who said that to me this morning? <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Don't open any emails you're not sure about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not sending me those nude pictures again. Oh, uh, dear. I'm uh, sending you an, an enormous bleeding virus in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> How kind. Well, listen, we look forward to talking to the non smoking Nathan yeah. next week. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that too. Fingers crossed. Uh, take care, old mate. Take care. Bye. Sarah. Nathan, our man out there in the suburbs. Way, way, way. And he stopped smoking. Five days in. It's tough. Somebody's got to do it. 14 to 6. These are the headlines. A Labour MP is claiming nearly 6,000 inmates serving prison terms for violence will be given the right to vote under government plans. Shadow Justice Secretary Sadiq Khan has described the changes, which will see prisoners serving less than four years allowed to vote, as a slap in the face for victims. The number of people resorting to using a credit card to pay their mortgage or rent has soared by 50% in the past year. The charity Shelter estimates that 2.6 million people were forced to use credit to pay for housing. And the bodyguard who called the emergency services on the night Michael Jackson died has told a court in L.A. that the singer's doctor told him to hide medicines. A judge will decide whether Dr Conrad Murray should stand trial for involuntary manslaughter. Let's have a check on the roads for you this morning. Get you there nice and quick being furrows this morning from 7, LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Be good. Now, remember, just remember to play all the stings in the right order. I was having such a mare of a day the other day. Uh, did you see the programme on Barbara Windsor? I, did, I missed it. It was the roasting, wasn't it? I missed it. She's a very good sport. She is a good sport, actually. She is. Uh, still doing her pantomime. She must be getting to the stage now where she's thinking, let it finish quite soon. But don't worry, I think she's only got six, five more days. So I think she'll have this, this weekend, then it must finish 
What's today? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It'll probably finish Tuesday. I think it finishes the 11th, pretty certain. Uh, Dom and Dom is listening whilst driving back from Brighton. I'm convinced you've got another strange job down there you're not telling us about. Angela says we can still send Happy New Year cards. I'm not confused. It's Epiphany today. It's Epiphany. So this is the day you take your Christmas tree down, okay? Trees down today, please. Lights off, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Nigel used to work at Mount Pleasant. The post office railway ran between Paddington to Whitechapel. Wouldn't surprise me if there was a secret branch line to Buck House. There was, actually. There is a post office within Buckingham Palace. There is a post office, in the same way that they've got their own swimming pool. Not hardly anybody uses it, actually, but it, they do have a swimming pool there. And, uh, and they've got their own uh, little medicine centre as well. They've got, like, a little hospital there. Uh, the post office mothballed it in 2000. It was supposed to, to represent the Vatican Underground Railway. They didn't get permission to use it. This was when Bruce Willis made a film down there. Because they're little tiny driverless trains. So they'd load the stuff on, they push the button, and on off it goes to its next stop. Also, the Victoria Line runs directly outside Buck House. Thank you for that one. But it's a little underground railway. It's a little underground railway, which is interesting. Uh, eight authors could expect a sizable boost in sales after the... Look at the Richard and Judy Book Club is still... How oh, no, is that still running? No idea. I think our one's much nicer. Much nicer than LBC. Uh, I didn't see The Magicians on BBC One. Uh, thank you, Ross. I didn't see that one. But I have watched the Penn and Teller Foolus, which goes out tomorrow on ITV. And, uh, and very good it is, too. OK, so if you're looking for another magic show, you know me and magic, I'm, I'm quite crackers for it. Which is why it was interesting to talk to Lenny Henry. Because he, he said to us he didn't want to do a magic show, but learn how things were done. He said, because it, it ruins it. Absolutely ruins it. So, uh, Lenny Henry, in conversation, this Sunday morning on LBC. I'm losing stuff left, right and centre at the moment. I've ordered loads of stuff from Amazon to be sent around. Some of it's arrived, some of it hasn't. I think some stuff arrived yesterday. Co- Courtney sent me a thing. I'm going to have to break into your, into your room when I finish Courtney. So what I'll do is, I'll, when I go downstairs, normally the milkman's delivering all the... St- no. It's not out of order, is it? What, the coffee machine? No. But it was working when I came in this morning, and it's broken now. No. Oh, God. So now we haven't got any coffee today. Oh. Well, well that'll make the paper review a little bit more... a little bit more biting than it normally is. Oh, dear. I feel quite depressed now about that. No cup of coffee. Never mind. Anyway, so, um... What was I doing? Oh, yes. And so, the little underground railway, and... Yeah, the underground railway, and the magic as well, and the parcels that Courtney's got downstairs. So, I, on my way out the building, normally they're wheeling stuff in, and I shall, I shall take me two big parcels. You're quite right, actually. They are magic books. If, if they're the ones I think, they're the ones from Amazon, uh, which I bought the other day. It's Jim Steinmeier's book, and it's a big, but it's big. It's a big coffee table on the history of magic with some lovely Victorian photographs. It's really the sort of book the Magic Circle should have put together. With all their archives, they could put together a fantastic book to make much-needed funds for the Magic Circle. I mean, you could, you know, somebody'd have to sit down and do it, but it, it could be done. It could be done quite easily. Quite easy with all the stuff. Take photographs of all the things that they've got and call it Inside the Magic Circle. People would be fascinated. People would be fascinated with seeing what goes... Because most people have never been in there. You've got no idea what, what hidden cabinets and curios and famous things that they've got. And they, they could do that, or they could do a DVD inside the Magic Circle. You know, you could do the, 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 the television programme, but you'd, you'd have to be careful. You don't want any exposures or stuff like that. But to show people around there, 
And then, you know, you, you could blank people's face out. It'd be really good. You could do a really good programme. I don't know why nobody's ever thought of it before. Why have I just given somebody the idea? You watch September films and navigate. Do you know, Steve, that's a blooming good idea. We'll do that. We'll do an Inside the Magic Circle. But they've got to be given carte blanche. You can go along, but you can black all the members' faces out. You can put those bars across, which they apparently got loads of in uh, newspapers. And, uh, and then you wouldn't be able to recognise anybody. You could see people doing things that, you know, you don't get to see on the television. Because you get some people, as Lenny said, some people are very good at doing a trick, but they're boring as heck. And I absolutely agree with that. You get some people who are, who are brilliant and will do things that you sit there and go... I could have sworn you were holding, you know, the four of spades in that hand, and then magically it's the queen of clubs. And you watch, and you th- how's that? And you watch it, and then they show you again, you think, that is absolutely unbelievable. I met some people at the magic convention over in Vegas, Paul Stone's magic convention, and uh, a, couple of, a couple of young lads over there who I got very friendly with, and they were doing... Th- I, was, I just sat there in amazement thinking, I've obviously not tried at all, but you get some people who are, who are quite brilliant and some people who aren't, and I'm just an enthusiastic amateur. But uh, I've got these lovely books coming from the state. But these other two books, which will be the ones I'm hoping that Courtney's got, will be the uh, the Amazon ones. Thank you, Joe. Very much indeed. He said, um, he said, uh, eat Italian food, which is the healthiest in the world. Everybody's on diets around here. Everybody I've met is on a diet. We all feel bloated and and fat and everything else. And um, and uh, you know we want to lose weight this year. And uh, he says, uh, you're quite right. Your views are mostly correct, especially when it comes to crime and punishment. Too many miscreants. No, not mostly, just absolutely right, I'm afraid. I'm never wrong. I think hanging is the way forward. I don't know why we put these people... You see all these people, they were on the television yesterday, and they were benefit fraudsters, and that's the one thing I can't stand, it's a benefit fraudster. And this was a woman who had six different aliases, and quite clearly was mentally ill, but she'd managed to accrue nearly £200,000 by every time the social workers came round, because you can always you can always fool social workers because they're thick as brushes. I mean, they really are. And so they would go round, and she would pretend that she was so ill. It was, it was a scene from Faulty Towers. Do you remember when they had to pretend that Sybil was ill? And so they got Polly, and they put cotton wool in her cheeks and drew the bedroom curtains. This woman used to do the same when the social workers came round by claiming that she was allergic to sunlight. So they carried on giving her something like £500 a week, £700 a week at best she was getting, because social workers are thick as planks. And so they go round there, and she goes, oh, oh, and one of her, and she was running a cafe, a very successful cafe, coining it in. At 200,000 quid. Luckily, they sent the old bag to prison. But when, when she was in court, she showed no... She even turned up limping, but she wasn't disabled. She, that was part of her scam. She was quite clearly the stupidest woman going, but she managed to rob us of 200,000. She'd have taken everything back from her. So uh, that's it. In fact, the, the best cake to eat is um, panettone. Is it panettone? Panettone? See, I like that. I know people who hate it. I love it. I love it. Skip all the uh, the mince pies. Do you know somebody's put mince pies upstairs? No, it wasn't me. No, there's another box of mince pies that are a bit... No, I don't do those. I do the ones with alcohol in. Hello? I only do the alcohol ones. So somebody's put another box up there and says here, you can add a bit of cream, masala sherry or zabaglione to a panettone. Oh, that way. Actually, I went for... Was it yesterday? The day? No, yesterday I had Chinese. Shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have had Chinese... I didn't go to a takeaway, no, we went to a little Chinese restaurant and we had dim sum. But it was blooming expensive because for two of us we had dim sum and I had a couple of, uh, couple of drinks and uh, Diet Coke and then we had some rice and some noodles and it was £34. Which actually is a bit, it's too much money, isn't it? I decided after, I said I'll pay, don't worry. I got the bill thinking it was only going to be about £18, £20, but then it wasn't. 
So when I'm in tears. Uh, anyway, another one here. Oh, this is the same one, uh, recommending Camisa and Son in Old Compton Street. And uh, they have fresh pasta, ravioli, got tomato sauces. And, and uh, Joe says, I've been buying pieces there since 1967. Good grief. Uh, Roger, oh, we talked to Roger Foss at quarter past. That'll be good, won't it? And, uh, oh, and Valerie, who wrote to me, because after I said that darts was naff. You know, you've only got to see the people playing darts on the television. It's naff. So she wrote in saying, so, Stephen Fry, Prince Harry and naff. Yeah. <laughs> and? And so was she, because she says they're darts fans. They went once, dear. They went once. And she says, and I'm definitely not naff. I think you owe a few people an apology. No. Terribly sorry. It's still naff. It's full of fat, bloated people with too much cheap jewellery round their necks and tattoos up their arms and cut here on their neck and I'm a thicko written above here. You know, and all they do is they stand and go and they, they throw the... A total misspent youth. It's like, it's like uh, snooker players. It only appeals to the lowest common denominator, I'm afraid. So, and, But she does send a thing saying, Phil Taylor was runner-up at the Sports Personality of the Year. You're quite right to put an exclamation mark. Runner-up. Personality. Phil. I don't think so, love. I don't think so. But, uh, yeah, Prince Harry's still naff, I'm afraid. Dawn is still eating. She says, I started eating on Christmas Eve. I feel like I've started eating and I haven't stopped yet. What with being up in Glasgow for over a week. It'd be nice to start eating normally when I get home on Friday. I've still got six boxes of Walker's Mince Pies with Glenn Fiddick in them. She says, the other day I had a hamburger supper, battered hamburger, deep fried with chips. You've got to stop that one. I mean, that is a deep... F that is, sounds really lovely. Because I used to love a spam fritter. A deep fried spam fritter. The producer's going to be sick. It's only because you don't have a cup of coffee. And she says, today I had a traditional Scottish... Scottish food, a full Scottish breakfast, lawn sausage, bacon, fried egg, potato cake, black pudding, grilled tomato and baked beans. But for dinner, she had haggis, neeps, which is turnip and swede, and tatties, mashed potato. I feel quite queasy. Morning, team. It's Steve Allen. Early breakfast. It's LBC and it's dark. That's all. And it's cold. And they've said that there's a snow alert. I mean, I can't believe it either, but I looked up into the sky yesterday and it did look grey. It looked murky and I thought, oh, not, please not snowing again. You know, and I love snow. I'm always the first one to say love snow, but if it comes down again, I think I'm just about going to give up, I'm afraid. Uh, Clive says, tell Nathan to use a UPS, then if there is a power cut, he's got 10, 15 minutes to save all his work. I live in Sri Lanka and I use a UPS. I've got no idea what it is, but it sounds absolutely fantastic. So uh, he probably will get one. Mark, good morning. Uh, Daily Mirror. Front page, uh, David Beckham is being sensationally lined up by the FA to boss England. Not really sure I think David Beckham is strong enough to do anything like that. I could be wrong. And uh, now they're saying that Cheryl Cole gazes lovingly at Derek Hoff. Seeing as you can't actually see Cheryl Cole's face here, you, really, you, you know it's her because she's got the old, uh, the old bikey tattoos on. And he gently kisses her stomach, proving that they do have, they do have something special. Oh, no, 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 make it your own gags. And uh, I think it proves no such thing at all. What, because uh, babies kiss their mummies' tummies and stuff like that? But Aaron Nelson, Derek's stepdad, said, for Derek, this is true love. Almost sort of saying, you know, does he have ex-girlfriends that we can refer to for this one? So far, I've seen no ex-Derek Hoff girlfriends coming forward to say, oh, he's really loving and caring and all that kind of stuff. I just don't see it myself. I really don't. Other stories of the papers, it's whiz through. Let's try and sort of get through. There were loads I left the other day, which I, I got quite miffed about when I got home. Uh, HMV closing stores. 60, apparently. Um, the reason being 
nobody goes out, I'm afraid, to, uh, to department stores. We like going around looking. It's like clothes, I suppose, for women, isn't it? Yeah. That See, that's staring. not a tiny one, is it? That one's staring at me because it's yeah, big. Yeah, but look, but they're quite big, aren't they? That's quite big. That, I'd say there's a normal size. That's what I thought. I looked at it and I said, these don't look like... Ch- I should have taken them back to the manager and gone, these, these, these are supposed to be Chinese that. tiny mandarins. They look a bit large to me. But uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so HMV closing. The reason being, I'm assuming, is that most people go in there, see what they like, and then they go online and order it from Play.com or from any of these other companies, Amazon. And, and I'm constantly comparing. I'm always comparing prices. You have to. And, and also, if you have it delivered, it saves you going anywhere. You just sit at home in front of the computer, go bang, 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 like that, order something. Next thing, it either arrives here or it arrives at a friend's place, wherever it happens to be. I don't need to have to go out. And also, I've discovered on loads of occasions in HMV, and I've said this on air before, it's nothing new, that you go in there, there'll be ten of you queuing and one person on the till. The rest are stacking DVDs up, in, and you think, it's good, I mean... Why would I want to stand here for 15 minutes while somebody, generally with a piercing or strange hair or looking a bit freaky... Because apparently if you want to work in any of these record stores now, you've got to look free... Nobody normal work. Have you never seen anybody old working in HMV? No, they don't exist. They don't seem to have a policy of employing elderly people who might go, you know, well, let's have a look and see if we've got that for you. We can have a check. But they spend ages stacking things up as opposed to turning around and having a bit of common sense... And going, look, there's more than ten people queuing. Let's get somebody else on the tills. Where's the management? And that's where it falls down. And that's why I get really angry. Because service in shops ain't what it was. I was proven right, incidentally, the other day. I said that post office was going to close in Twickenham. Gone. Gone completely. Post office and the shop that went with it. Admittedly, it was the kind of shop that sort of sold everything. Uh, quite expensive. If, you know, it was the sort of shop, if, if you went into and you wanted a needle and cotton, they'd have it. If you wanted suppositories, they probably had those as well. Not that you ever go into a shop and buy things like that anyway. And, uh, and they had everything. And then the post office at the back. But the staff used to stand there and watch you as if you were all a potential shoplifter, which around our way is probably quite right. And, uh, and I remember standing there in the shop. You remember when I was waiting for a parcel? And, uh, and I did get a card from Joy because she was in the, in the line as well. And Joy was talking about me. But I was in front of her in the line. Do you remember? And she sent me a Christmas card. <laughs> she said, so funny. And it, she's quite right, actually. And I've got a lovely picture here. And uh, this is from, uh, from Olga, who's in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. And she sent, me <laughs> she sent me pictures of sprouts. Look, pictures of sprouts and pictures of her with sprouts. You look a bit like Chinese Amanda, except she's a bit more Chinese looking. But uh, thank you very much indeed for that one. And another card covered in glitter, but it's very pretty because it looks like an old coaching inn. And this is from, uh, from the Van Hague Nursery in Ware. It says, please come back and see us. Do you remember their jacket potato scenario? We had jacket potatoes for the kids and it was something like £21 or something. Quite ridiculous. It's all the staff in the coffee shop. It's no good crawling around me now. I know you're desperate to get me back there. Uh, lovely one here. This is from, um, is it Gareth, I think, as well. They came along to the Mermaid. Thank you very much indeed for that one. Don't forget the uh, Penn and Teller show tomorrow. Very, very good indeed. And a lady who wrote to me saying that she was a big fan of Princess Margaret and says, um, I get very annoyed when you say unkind things about her. Well, she was a drunk, that's all I can tell you. And, um, and she wasn't very pleasant to people. She might have been pleasant to a few people, but the majority of people who encountered Princess Margaret encountered a very austere, snooty, aloof woman who didn't actually do anything. You know, I don't, I don't call doing charitable events all the time just, hello, hello. Mind you, of course, everybody thought it was hilarious when she took up with Roddy Llewellyn. Do you remember that? And all of a sudden, he started escorting her. And the funny line came from Roddy Llewellyn's father, 
which I won't repeat on this programme, but it was so funny at the time. And all of a sudden, Roddy Llewellyn turned up with Princess Margaret, who, who sort of behaved a bit like some, some diva, a bit like Elizabeth Taylor, who turns up traditionally late for everything. So you sort of sit there waiting to go, um, who, who is this? It's Elizabeth Taylor. But she's an hour late. Yes, I know. Well, where is she? Well, she's just fashionably late. Well, it's bloody rude. Go and push her. Come on, Elizabeth. Steve, it's my 52nd birthday today. Can I have a signed photo? No, you can't. OK, there you go. Solves that problem. We don't have any photos, I'm afraid. You can download anything you like from the, uh, from the web. Or if you come along to one of the shows, then you can take pictures there. Uh, Robin says, people who think Jordan is a model should take a good look at Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Jordan's not a model. She's one of those tacky, top-shelf-type models. She's not not glamour model. When they say glamour model, generally it's sort of people who aren't particularly attractive, who can trowel on the makeup and are prepared to get their boobs out. That's what they call a glamour model. But don't mis- mistake glamour for glamorous. It's not. Uh, Steve, wow, Samantha Womack, a.k.a. Ronnie, leaving EastEnders over controversial storyline. Not surprised. Yeah, nobody seems surprised about that one. I like Samantha Janna. She did Pie in the Sky. And I thought she was quite good, but she's left. But considering that was done... Six weeks ago, they've now announced it. She doesn't leave till May, incidentally. Well, there you go. What can I tell you? Headlines. Now, this morning with Sam Pittis. All the papers full today, and Nick Ferrari will do this story after the news at seven this morning. The, uh, the firefighter, the hero, Simon Ford, who uh, claimed that it was the trauma of 7-7 that led him to be the kingpin in this £100 million cocaine cartel. They reckon in a few years they probably made over £100 million. Unfortunately, poor old Simon Ford, thick as a plank, and uh, got caught. Uh, The other bloke who was involved with it, the police raided his house at six in the morning with one of those diggers. They smashed through the wall of the house and um, had to drag him out in handcuffs. Another girl's blouse gone off to prison. Because uh, what these people do... I don't have a problem with people making money. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's the misery that it causes. It's the people who will have probably topped themselves, who will have taken their lives because of cocaine, because they become addicted to it. You've seen television presenters, more than one or two, haven't you, who turn up on the television and they go, yeah, I did, I did cocaine for a few years. And you think, what have you got to show for it? And the answer is, you've got nothing. But uh, it provided a very flash lifestyle for these people and uh, they're now going to spend all their time in prison. Which is good news, isn't it? Although, frankly, I think hanging would be a lot easier. But, uh, you know, we can't have everything. Roger Foss can have everything. He says, we're well into the 11s, but no new openings until tonight, when Bangkok Butterfly opens at the new King's Head Opera House, in which Madame Butterfly is a ladyboy. It's about Miss Saigon meeting Ting Tong. So it's very exciting indeed, and Roger joins us now. Morning, Roger. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Steve. Year to you. Happy I'm not sure if we're supposed to carry on saying this, are we? Are yeah, we? Isn't, listen. Isn't it Twelfth Night? No, I think if you haven't spoken to somebody, I think you can still say Happy New Year. Oh, is that the rule? I'm still I, doing I'm Happy Easter. Really I'm doing Happy Easter and Happy, oh. happy Christmas <laughs> as well. You're doing Happy Easter this year? Yeah. In advance, <laughs> In advance. Well, because Waitrose <laughs> in Twickenham have got the Easter eggs out. Of course. The hot cross buns will be out too. Yes, it's, yes. Uh, never-ending, isn't it? But, I, of course, today I can't... Actually, I don't want to take down the Christmas decorations. I mm, hate that. You must. When everything looks so kind of boring and uninteresting. Yeah. I want to go around and redecorate or something. No, tre- trees, trees have yeah. got to come down, lights turned off, and uh, all the cards put away for another year, just in case you have oh, a bad year and you dear. put them up again, you know. It's quite good. Uh, it's a good... Uh, it's 2011, but I read somewhere someone called it the 11th. I thought that's a, an odd one, isn't it? But anyway, it all kicks off tonight, the uh, theatre season, with uh, this production of uh, Madame Butterfly at the King's Head 
through Islington, which is now a little opera house. It's like Islington's Covent Garden, only a pocket version. And they're doing Madame, Madame Butterfly, or it's called Bangkok Butterfly. And uh, Butterfly, instead of being this rather petite young woman who's, um, who has an affair with an American uh, sailor, I think it is, isn't it? It's, yes. Uh, in this old ladyboy picked up by an American Airlines pilot. <laughs> <laughs> in, I suppose, at Pong Road. <laughs> so, um, it's either going to be fantastic, and of course, I can't find out any information about who the lady boy person is playing this role, because, okay, it all sounds like uh, interesting and fun and quirky and unusual and different, but uh, you've got to be able to sing, haven't you? Mm. You've got to be able to sing, not just look like a lady. Yes. So, um, so it would be very interesting to see how this turns out. So it did seem to me, as I say, I thought, oh, it's like Miss Saigon meets, meets is it Mr. Dudley's King Tong from Little Britain? Um, <laughs> but I, did, I actually, I noticed the Lady Boys of Bangkok are on tour this year. Yes. Again. Yes. Doing another tour. They well, it became so popular tour. last year. I know. I can't see why, actually. I know. I, ladies. Ladies find it fascinating. Oh, it's like hen parties. Yes, the, the ladies go there and they'll go... Oh my God! They've got better legs than me. Or where are oh, those I boobs see. from? Things. Oh yes, it's it's, oh, it's yeah. ladies who find it fascinating. Oh right. Well, that's why I I, I noticed this tour is called fur coats and French knickers. Oh, <laughs> <lovely>. <laughs> Shouldn't it be fur coat? Oh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so that's the King's Head starting tonight. And, oh, interesting. Uh, I'll tell you all about that next week. But it looks to me quite an interesting. Uh, theatre season coming up for 2011 with, um, of course, big musicals like We're Off to See the Wizard of Oz at the Palladium with Michael Crawford, aren't we? Mm. And uh, and that should be interesting, I think, with um, extra songs written by Lord Lloyd Webber and um, then uh, uh, Ghost the Musical turning up as well in, 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 in the summer and Shrek too. So two big shows in the, in the summer to open, but... Um, what struck me was we've got Coronation Street people appearing in the West End, and I said to you, there are two, but actually there are three, because Richard Fleishman is in Ghost. I'd forgotten that. Oh, wow. Richard Fleishman's playing the, the, the lead, yes. the male lead in Ghost the Musical. I so, quite like um, Richard Fleishman. He, he, he also went on, on tour with Take That. I think he was the support act. Oh, he was, was he? Well, yes. he was very good in uh, Legally Blonde. He took over in that, and uh, I, I was very impressed with him. Uh, on stage in that, so mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know that. I always associate him for some reason with Coronation Street. I can't yes. help it somehow. And yeah, his and his, his mum, of course, was uh, was a stalwart of Brookside. Yes, exactly. They're a kind of soap family, yes, aren't they? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I've seen her a few times. She's always quite polite. She always goes hello. I don't think she knows who the face. She's got not the face idea who I am. She just goes hello. Yes, <laughs> you say hello. <laughs> so to I her. say hello back. She says hello. <laughs> She says, who was that? Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I every time we're in here, always says hello. <laughs> she recognises the voice. <laughs> yeah, oh dear. But no, I mean, the third thing is, I think Richard's going to do quite well in, in musicals. He's always going to be working, but he's, I mean, as long as he avoids staying out of the silly tabloid press, he'll be fine. The one thing that oh, kills absolutely. people's careers is when they start going in the paper selling stories about, we're not interested, you know, because absolutely. you will not have a long career. It'll be short-lived. Yeah, I, I think he'll have a long career. I think so. I think so. he'll have a long career. I think he's he's got he, he he has got talent. He's he's proved it. He's very good on certainly in in theatre. He's he's, yeah. he's a great singer. So um, I think this would be a big challenge. You know, carrying a show, the musical, 
opening at the Piccadilly Theatre on the 22nd of June. So, interesting, um, interesting. That's another. But the other, um, the other one, of course, is Bill Ward, who uh, was Charlie Stubbs in Coronation Street. Mm. He's, um, he's in this show, which I, has suddenly crept up on us, called Million Dollar Quartet, which has been on, on Broadway. But it's, um, it's, I think, the ultimate compilation jukebox musical, because uh, he plays Sam Phillips, who founded Sun Records in Memphis, of course, and mm. he discovered... Uh, Elvis, Elvis and yeah. Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins and Jerry Lee Lewis. So you've got all these four people brought together in, in the show and um, and all of their hits, all of those hits. So it'll be a whole lot of shaking going on and, and Elvis and Johnny Cash all hold into one. So, nice, um, nice. But, but whether Bill Ward actually has to sing in it as um, Sam, David, uh, Sam Phillips, I, I, I don't know. But um, he was quite good on stage in Spam a lot. He, he was in that for a little yes, while. Yes, so, yes. Um, so that's good. And the other one, of course, is Raquel, Sarah Lancashire, coming into the West End in Betty Blue Eyes at the Novello. This is a brand new musical. Brand new. So something quite rare, really. Also <laughs> <Although> risky. The, <laughs> yes, exactly. Although the music is by... Uh, it's it's uh, music by George Styles and lyrics by Anthony Drew. Oh, yes, yes, we know um, them, yes. About time... Well, it's about time they had a, a, a big West End show, mm. too, isn't it? They, um, they, they did, did the Just yeah. So stories, didn't they? Yeah, they did the Just So stories, and, of course, the extra songs, Mary Poppins, yes. as well. Yes, yes. But Betty Blue Eyes, based, of course, on a private... And function. they listen to the show. Oh, they do, do they? I know that, oh. because I bumped into them at Mary Poppins, and when they were writing the songs for Mary Poppins, they were listening to me overnight. Oh, they recognised the voice again? Yeah. <laughs> I know, yes. bizarre, isn't it? Never looks, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but I, actually, I, quite, I think it's brilliant timing to open Betty Blue Eyes. It's based on a private function, of course, the, yes, uh, yes, the yes. film. And, um, and, uh, and uh, he suddenly remembered again, you know, that's set in austerity Britain, isn't it? 1947, uh, when there's a royal wedding. So it kind of chimes in perfectly with... Uh, with how things are at the moment mm. here, with a royal wedding coming up as well. Although I don't know who's going around at the moment um, killing illegal pigs <laughs> and who's going to play the pig in the show. Oh, that we don't know. But um, anyway, Sarah L- uh, Lancashire with uh, Reese Shearsmith back on in the West End, David Bamber and Emery's in this. Oh, too. David Bamber. I love David Bamber. David Bamber's marvellous, isn't yes. he? And, I first uh, saw him and, in and My and Night with Reg. Absolutely, yes, he was fantastic. Avian Scarborough's uh, in it, and uh, Avian Scarborough's one of those actors who, uh, he was in um, Upstairs, Downstairs, I noticed, playing the equivalent of uh, Mr. Hudson. He was the butler. (laughs) Actually, just hearing that name reminded me of the the boy who was in EastEnders, David Scarborough, who who took his own life. I remember in the very early... Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. He was the first Mark Fowler, I think. Yes, yeah. yes, you're This reminds me of that. Right. Actually, right. finally, and, um, and briefly, yeah. uh, both The Lion King... I heard you talk about The Lion King uh, claiming a box office record, but Wicked have claimed the box office record as well. Yeah, well, they're slightly different, aren't they? Wicked has said that uh, the West End... They are the West End musical that grossed more than a million quid in a single week just mm. before Christmas and over New Year, and say this has set a box office record uh, for the West End. Um, so, you know, that's... That's um, Michael McCabe has uh, said they've had this fantastic time. But at the same time, <laughs> The Lion King said they'd, um, they were the highest annual box office of any show in the West End. Mm. And also, they, they, during that same week, 
um, that Wiki claimed that, they, that the Lion King said they saw the highest weekly attendance uh, right. and box office growth in the show's history. Both, both, so, both um, good shows. Both good shows. Yeah, both good shows. Roger, got to leave it. Yes, OK, all right, Steve. I've well, we'll see you next week. We'll speak to you next week. Have, have a good time tonight at the theatre. Bye. Bye. Poor old Roger Fossett. He just always gets cut off in his prime. Just when he's about to say, Roger, I've got to leave it. And they always go, why? And I go, well, because I've, I've got some other things to do on the programme. Like, quickly remind you that Nick Ferrari's with the afternoons at seven. They're talking about that biggest ever drugs raid. They've been following them for ages. Now the gang are spending a total of 200 years behind bars. They'll not be coming out any time soon. And uh, they're still looking for two other gang members. Details will be coming up with Nick Ferrari. More from the papers, more scandal, more stories to get you going. I can't believe it. Here on LBC in a minute. LBC 97.3 Steve Allen There's nothing like Well, the good thing about working in this studio when it's sub-zero temperatures is I don't need to refrigerate my insulin. I just leave it on the table and it, it kind of chills down quite nicely. Uh, guess who's been getting uh, hate mail? Billy Bragg. Billy Bragg uh, has been targeted by letters emanating from Southampton uh, claiming that Billy Bighead Bragg has shunned the poor embattled English he was raised uh, among and they now call him a champagne socialist. He's living in a, a million pound plus mansion in a village with gates and all the rest of it and he's obviously been targeted by somebody. Uh, although the police said they haven't had any complaints about the letters so this one makes all the papers today. They've called him a hypocrite and, uh, they've, and they've sent them, not to him, but to every, everybody in the village. So they've, they've sent these letters claiming... Uh, he actually claims the anonymous mail is from a British National Party member and urged the neighbours in the upmarket village in Dorset to bin them. He comes from Barking in Essex, but the house he's living in now is really a far cry from that. It really is a big, big place. Very nice indeed. And he says, people in this little village reject the uh, politics of racism. I will campaign against racism wherever I find it. He's only had 30 of these letters, or the village have, and, uh, and they've just said here that they've been addressed to the village idiot. And they put a red nose on him and that kind of thing. But there are loads of people like Billy Bragg who sort of are, you know, diehard... So you've only got to look at, I suppose, um, uh, Prescott, a classic example of a champagne socialist. Tony Blair, a man who milked it. Absolutely unbelievably. Well, you know, but it, you'd be daft, wouldn't you? It's not a case of do what I do, it's a case of do what I say. Because otherwise, just ignore it. I do love Penman and Summerlad investigating. They come up with all sorts of, uh, of bent people who are, you know, trying to rip us off. And that's, every time I turn on the television, there's people trying to rip us off. Even people pretending to be presenters on the television trying to rip us off, going, I'm a presenter. No, you're not. But uh, I was, I was going to tell you very quickly this is that uh, girls don't want to have fun anymore. I've been telling you this for years. Uh, when, when they ask kids what would they like to be, they want to be famous. That is the top thing. Top girls' aspirations. Number five is artistic, 9%. Four is rich. Three is successful. Two is happily married. So don't go by Jordan because she's been miserable in every marriage up until now. But number one is they want to be famous. What do you want to be famous for? Don't know. just want to be famous. What, what do you do at the moment? Work in a shop. What do you want to be? Be famous, don't I? Oh, right. What do you think you're going to... I think I'd be like Glamour Model or something, you know, go on programme. Boys, different though. Number five is famous. Only 9% of boys said they wanted to be famous. Uh, four is funny. Of course, very unlikely for most boys who are dreary as anything. Number three, successful in business. Two, sporty. Yeah, I know. It's always the kids, isn't it? They want to be, yeah, what, what do you want to be? Sporty. Like, like who? Um, Beckham? That's all they can think of. They can't think of anybody else. But the, number one is rich. Boys want to be rich. 
to find the girls who want to be famous because you have to, you know, you have to sort of pay for them. So that's what it is. And who is the girl's top role model? Cheryl Cole is a role model, apparently. How dreary. <laughs> it's a bit worrying, isn't it? Because you can see that the way that we are, we are heading at the moment. That but boys don't really have role models like that. Uh, but it, wait a minute. Girls, uh, girls put having a happy marriage second to fame. This was seven to 12-year-olds, incidentally. These aren't, you know, normal people. These are seven to 12-year-olds. Um, who is the... When it came to naming the most influential people, uh, glamorous X-Factor judge and girls loud singer Cheryl grabbed almost half the girls' votes, followed by Emma Watson and J.K. Rowling. Comedian Harry Hill was the lad's favourite, beating David Beckham and Lewis Hamilton. Harry Hill. Good Lord. Both boys and girls named Simon Cowell and Lord Alan Sugar in their top ten role. Uh, child psychologist Rebecca Fensom says money and success are key motivators for children. Well, of course it is, because without money you can't do anything at all. You have to go on the rob, don't you? And that's what a lot of kids do now. They go, th- you know, it's a case of, wait a minute, all my friends at school have got this because they've worked hard and they've saved up for it and they've, and they've been normal. And I can't be bothered to do that, so I'm going to go on the rob. So they go and steal things. I saw people the other week, I've, I've sad, stood there, and I began to think, I wish God had given me different eyes, mainly in the back of my head, so I couldn't watch this stuff. And I watched two boys in Argos trying to, over a period of 15 minutes, remove the security cable that was holding the television and the DVD players in. And I was thinking, I felt like saying to the staff, I think they're going to steal them. But I thought, no, it's not worth it. Uh, They don't do it. There's a psychic here who predicted a million pound win on the lottery. This woman is called Ocean King. Her name is Ocean. Her first name is Ocean. I've never heard of such a stupid name in my life. But anyway, they're all £66,000 richer, which is good, isn't it? Uh, Here we are. This is uh, desperately trying to get you to go slim. And as she prepares for Dancing on Ice, Nadia Sawala has got a DVD and a book out. I think what they do is they go, listen, I'm doing that. And you know generally months in advance, they go, quick, bring out a DVD. So they've all got them out. Uh, And she talks about the people in it. Okay, make up your own minds. Kerry Katona, waste of space. Stephen Arnold, she says, he's like my dream of what I want the show to be like. Every time Stephen Arnold was the... The one with a funny voice in, in Coronation Street. He was Ashley the Butcher, who luckily we killed off. I'd have killed off quite a few other people as well. Jennifer Metcalf. I've no idea who she is. Oh, Holly, oh another one from Hollyoaks. What is Hollyoaks? The, the trawling place for all the NAF talent. Dominic Cork. I didn't know who he was at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Jeff Brazier. He meditates every day and she says he's a really calming presence. He's a drip. He's an absolute drip who can't string two words together. Craig McLachlan, we liked. We like Craig McLachlan. Angela Rippon. There's a piece in the paper today. Angela Rippon is apparently supposed to have said when she got this Dancing on Ice, listen, all this rubbish that people have been saying in the press about there's ageism against women, there's not. We've used Anne Whittacombe and loads of... Well, anyway, it's got Selena Scott's goat. Selena Scott, because she, she does have goats and she... She takes the wool and makes them into socks. And to be honest with you, she said that it's, it's re- reignited, they say, a bit, of a bit of friction between Angela Rippon and Selena Scott. Well, I told you, the only time I ever met Selena Scott, she was so snooty. I couldn't... It, I, I just felt like I might as well have just crawled under a piece of carpet. And, of course, we all remember the ill-fated uh, Selena Scott interview with Prince Andrew... <laughs> where she literally fawned all over him. It's the most embarrassing interview I've ever seen on the television. Denise Welsh, uh, she says here, we st- we, uh, we've got to have a glass of wine. That's all she... Because Denise Welsh, unfortunately, uh, takes to the bottle a bit too much. She's a bit boring. Ellen Rivas. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, claim to fame, Ellen. Oh, married to a footballer. OK. Cheated on you. 
Going out with Christine Bleakley. Oh, and you found true love with um, Peter Andre. Like spirits. You could just imagine what they're talking about. Sam Atwater. No, no idea at all. Chloe Maidley, who is described here by um, Nadia Swallow as being like an excitable puppy. Drunk driver, isn't she? Convicted, I seem to remember, on that one. Claim to fame, uh, famous mother and father, who aren't on television anymore. Uh, Dominic Court, Jeff Brazier. Johnson Bihari, VC. This is the, uh, the soldier. <coughs> Very strange choice of putting in there. Vanilla Ice. I know, that really is his name. She says, I was looking forward to calling him Vanilla and singing Ice, Ice Baby, but his real name's Robert. It's not quite as exciting, is it? What's your name, mate? Oh, you called me Vanilla. No, what's your real name, love? Uh, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, what's your real name? Robert. OK, Robert. All right, Robert. <laughs> Laura Hamilton. She says she's just got enormous boobs. Unfortunately, nobody knew who Laura Hamilton was. We all... We, we did a... We still don't know. We did a survey in the office and the producer said... I've just said we don't know who she is and she said we still don't know who she is. And comedy Dave Vitti. We have no idea who he is at all. No idea. So, anyway, another one there. So, in fact, when, when you're voting out, OK, these are the ones I want you to think of, because you're going to get an opportunity, because they've started filming this show for about a few weeks now. So, we're, we are getting rid of Kerry Katona, OK? We'll, we'll, we'll keep in Jennifer Metcalf for a little bit, because she's from Hollyoaks, and so she doesn't know anything. Uh, we'll also keep in Angela Rippon. Uh, we, we want Denise Welsh out as well. We want her out, because she'll be boring and senseless on loose women. Uh, Ellen Rivas, we want to vote her out as well. Could be nobody left, is there? Chloe Maidley, definitely kick her out. A woman with so little talent, it's almost unbelievable. Uh, we'll leave in Stephen Arnold and Dominic Cork, mainly because we don't know who Dominic is. We'll kick out Jeff Brazier, because he was only famous because he was with Jade Goody. That's his only claim to fame. He, he rode on the back of Jade Goody. Uh, we'll, we'll keep in Johnson Bihari VC, because he's got a VC. We might keep in Vanilla Ice until we find out whether he's stupid or not. We'll kick out Laura Hamilton, because we don't know who she is. And we'll get rid of Comedy Dave as well. So, in other words, there's just nobody in the programme. So, don't bother with it. Just watch something else. It's far more interesting. <laughs> Here's Colleen again. My God, they've airbrushed you for this picture in the mirror today, love. Because we've seen her on Loose Women, and she's piled on the pounds. Sun this morning. Uh, they're now saying murder victim Joe Yates may have been strangled with one of her own socks. Uh, Cher Lloyd. Remember Cher? No, I know. It's, it's show business, isn't it? It's happened a bit quickly for her. She's become famous and then... Oh, no, she's gone again. And she's going to risk the wrath of Simon Cowell. She's snared a secret boyfriend. Apparently she, she's got it on with an Essex socialite. An Essex socialite. Well, honestly, I nearly died laughing at this one. Karim Roundy, who looks a bit of a numpty, I'm afraid, in the paper today. So I tried to check him out, and it turns out he's not an Essex socialite. He's just another desperate wannabe, I'm afraid. He hasn't done anything at all. He also doesn't take a particularly good picture. And they were introduced by Page, spelt P-A-I-J-E. That's the NAF spelling, I'm afraid. Uh, Jordan admitted my marriage is in crisis. The advice, again, to a uh, so-called mouthy girl is stop playing out your life in the media and you might actually stand a chance because otherwise you're going to be the most miserable person in the world. We know you're fairly unhappy at the moment, but there again, you've made most of us fairly unhappy. We know that you've got all your little hanger-oners who hang on your every word and think you're marvellous, but unfortunately they've destroyed every one of your marriages. You know, it's never worked from Dane Bowers because you're foul-mouthed, you're, uh, you're very bitter, uh, never very happy, and Alex Reed will go the same way. My advice to Alex Reed is keep a memo of everything that happens and then flog the story afterwards. Because the advice, Alex, is if this marriage goes belly up, she's going to be dissing you big time. I mean, she's done it to everybody else. You remember, she's done it with Peter. She's done it with all the other people she went out with, with Dwight York, everybody. So be warned, she's nasty. 
She's very nasty, and your mummy and daddy will have to say to you, we could have seen this one coming, Poppet, because your whole life has been conducted with a film crew and her dreadful hanger-oners. Where are the Alex Reed hanger-oners? Answer, there aren't any. There are no hanger-oners, because she doesn't like any of your friends. She only likes her friends until something happens, like they copy her hairstyle or hair colour, and then she has to go out with the gay makeup artist, and he goes out with his Ugg boots and his fake glasses on, and they just make such a lovely couple. Unfortunately, Alex, you don't kind of figure in it. You need to be more of a man, put your foot down, kick these hanger-oners out, and say, listen, you want to stay married to me, get rid of all this lot, okay? and we'll try and have a life, because otherwise I just see doom, gloom and despondency. But, of course, that always makes me fairly happy for some strange reason. Quarter to seven. With the headlines, Sam Pittis. The late... Morning, every 12 minutes to seven. Snow could be on the way. I merely mention it because Chris Lowry, LBC's weather expert, mentioned it the other day. And I think what whatever he's doing is saying it just in case we get blanketed by tomorrow morning. In which case, we'll all have to make sure we leave a little bit earlier. Uh, or failing that, if it doesn't happen, they go, well, we didn't say it would happen. We said we're on alert in case it might. Uh, sun employment, as the Prime Minister has launched his £50 million enterprise zone. So Sun have done a big bit here. For some reason, they've interviewed Michelle Dewberry, that awful person from The Apprentice. Uh, and they say here she, was, she started life as a checkout girl, now runs a website which rounds up the best money-saving lifestyle deals. In other words, who cares? Who cares? Listen to this programme, you get all the information. Uh, here's a lovely picture of uh, Fern Cotton. My God, she's got all the old tramp stamp tattoos, hasn't she? I've never seen anybody with so many tramp stamp tattoos. Really classy there, really classy. And um, James Blunt is mentioned in the paper today. I like James Blunt. You know, we like James Blunt a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, two drunken holidaymakers have been banned from catching their flight home after pinching the bottoms of stewardesses on the planes out. They were on the Manchester to Goa trip, and, of course, they pinched the bottoms because they're a bit stupid up there. And um, they had foul language, so the airline said, we're not flying you. You see, I think that's a brilliant idea. I think just dump them wherever they are, stay there forever. They were held by Indian police, but freed after the uh, travel firm Thompson banned them from the return flight. Good for them. Good for them. I'd have done the same thing. It's about time. They've had a lot of trouble... I'm afraid with Scunthorpe United's calendar, I can't say what trouble they've had with it. You'll have to see the uh, the paper. And so it's it's been... Uh, at the printers, they've had a bit of a, bit of a problem with it. And so they have printed the, uh, the Scunthorpe calendar. They couldn't actually spell the word Scunthorpe. And, um... <coughs> they've missed the S off. And so there's pictures in the uh, paper today. The Sun have run that one. They apparently all think it's terribly funny. I think it's terribly funny. I think it's rather sad, actually, ladies and gentlemen. In this day and age, we try and get cheap jokes out of words that appear on calendars. <laughs> Other stories in the paper today. Do you, do you understand roadside symbols? They've got symbols here. One where there's a motorcycle over the top of a car. Now, try as I might, I've been driving for some third... Quite a long time, anyway. And I have never once seen a motorcycle taking off over the roof of a car, unless it was at Wembley some years ago when Evil Knievel did it. But we've got that. We've also got all sorts of strange sight with arrows pointing in every direction. So the government have now clamped down and said, listen, we've now got to have proper signs because local councils get carried away. And by the side of each road, apart from the fact that mainly for cyclist benefit, you have to, you have to do a little line and then you put a picture of a cycle in there so cyclists know where, where to go. 
Because you have to tell cyclists, if you go, excuse me, you're a cyclist, can you just ride on that little bit there? It's like in London the other day, I nearly got ran over crossing the road on a green thing because a cyclist with the go-faster stripes and the little evil Knievel helmet and his little flashing LED decided he didn't want to stop at red lights. He can't really be bothered. What I want to do is stick a thing between the spokes of his bike and say, these are red lights, they apply to you as well as us, as well as us. You know, we all have to sort of get here. I do love this. I wish I was really, really rich. Because there is a the ultimate Wendy house. It's a replica Swiss chalet. Uh, Swiss chalet. It's a 12-foot, two-storey playhouse with double glazing, a mini kitchen, underfloor heating and bespoke carved eaves. Cost £150,000, but it's fab. You can get them anyway in this country for about 12000 from Wix. But this one was made in Switzerland and it really looks lovely. It's, it, it does look like a shed you'd have at the end of the garden. You know, it's not that exciting. But it's bought by a billionaire, and it's in Switzerland with the tycoon's two children. Because in Switzerland, they build it, everybody lives in cuckoo clocks, and they all eat Toblerone. It's like that over there. And, and you've got to be terribly, terribly rich. And, and it's marvellous. So, in fact, th- this isn't so much a Wendy house. Somebody does, in fact, live in it. That, that is the problem nowadays, that people like... Did you have a Wendy house? We had one of those, not a blow-up one, but we had, like, a piece of printed material that went over a cheap metal frame... And you'd have it, for some reason, you know, if you had a nice day in the garden, it was summer, you want to go and put your Wendy house up and you'd crawl inside it. And I used, I used to make tea with a red teapot and cups and saucers made out of plastic. A bit of an early warning sign there, wasn't it? I mean, I should have, se- I should have seen the writing on the wall. I should have seen the writing on the wall. And also, we had a little tent that we'd put up. I should have seen the writing. And we had a little tent we put up. And you could tie your, your little, your, your flaps back. And, uh, and that was quite interesting. And then you could go and sit in the tent and then... And then just come, come out of the tent again. And then he went back and sat in the tent. We didn't actually do anything in the tent. We were really, we were really good. And most of our childhood was very intense. Yeah, I know. I've got the gag. I've got the gag right. I don't need to side post gags. And that's all we did with the tent. And then, and then we used to play badminton. And then we had to stop playing badminton because it scuffed the grass. And that didn't look very good. And then, then we'd climb back in the tent again. And we'd just sit there. And then, and then you'd, sort of, you'd, you'd stick your head out and go, we're in the tent. Like, you know, where else were you going to be? And, and then we climb back in the tent. Then we come out of the tent and we go running around the garden. And then we get a, a garden rug. And then we put that inside the tent. And we go back in the tent and pull, pull the flaps down. And then we'd sit there like being in the naughty corner. I don't know why we bothered. It was a very peculiar childhood, wasn't it? But my, my favourite was swing ball. My favourite was swing ball where you had, it was a ball on a piece of elastic. And you went like that bang and it came in at you in the, in the face. And that was fairly good. You know, many of the time we were carted off to hospital at an early age. Uh, Billy Bragg's neighbours, according to the, uh, the Daily Star, have, uh, have jumped to his defence, which is strange because no other paper mentions them at all. And Holly Willoughby has uh, announced she's expecting a girl. A girl. She's having a girl. And she said she was uh, too excited not to share the news. So the pictures. More on uh, Cheryl Cole and uh, Derek who's the dancer, with the dog under his arm and the very tight white T-shirt, and, and they say that the camera's not missing a thing and he's kissing her stomach. I see no evidence of this whatsoever. Unless this is just sort of made-up rubbish, just to make it look as though she's got a, a boyfriend and he's got um, a girlfriend. And so they're in here. He's, uh, they say here, Judy James, you can get her to quote on anything nowadays. Hello, Judy, can you give us a comment? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, all right. So Judy says, at first glance, the closeness signals... Single, signals appear intimate and sexy. Cheryl's arm is thrown back and up. They do talk rubbish, these people, don't they? They do talk the biggest part of garbage. She says, as Derek leans over her in a gesture that looks completely uninhibited. Looks like he's fallen on top of her, Judy. I don't know what you're looking at, love. Looks like he's just fallen over. He's had a drink and he's gone, oh, I've fallen on top of you. 
Jordan confesses marriage is over. Thank God for that. Now keep out of it. Peter Andres revealed girlfriend Ellen will never replace his ex-wife Katie Price, so he doesn't want her to meet the children. Pizzakins, you're both with the same agent, Claire. You know, the one who loves being on television, but needs to seriously go on a diet. And she's got two children as well as you. So, you know, are we going to see a photo shoot in OK? You bet your bottom dollar we are, because that's how Pete makes money nowadays. Pete can't resist it. You know, never been taken seriously as a singer. You know, people go, sorry, Peter Andre, a singer. <laughs> sorry. I think perhaps pantomime might be better suited. And, and he goes, no, I'm, I'm really singer-songwriter. Yeah, right, of course you are, love. Anyway, it's very sweet. But I bet you anything, within two weeks, there'll be a photo shoot with OK, with Ellen Reeves and her children, and Peter Andre with his children, because that's all these people know how to do. They just want to... And I bet you anything, I'll, I'll, I'll put a Toblerone on it. I'll put a Toblerone on it. I'm that... I'm that confident. David Beckham has put his foot down. Gone, like that. He's really angry. Very angry. Because he said to them, Spurs, better hurry up and clinch this loan deal or he's going to go to Arsenal. You just do anything for money, don't you, Dave, really? It doesn't really matter where you go, love. Why don't you go to Quicksave? You know, get a job in Lidl or something like that. They won't spend too much time. Uh, Big Brother, top of the complaints, as I said earlier... And that was over the Shilpa Shetty and uh, Jade Goody. And Frankie Boyle Stinter's host of Nevermind the Buzzcocks has been scrapped after outrage over his obscene jokes about AIDS and cancer. Got him in every newspaper, though, didn't it? And as they say, no such thing as bad publicity. Jack Osborne is about to try to go out with Jenny Frost. The daredevil. This is Jack Osborne. I'm sorry, we are talking about the same person. I know it's a laugh. Apparently has taken a shine to her whilst filming the TV show Famous and Fearless. Jack's still only 25 with the mental ability of a cabbage, I'm afraid, has been constantly asking the crew whether Jenny is single. Jack, lovey, why don't you ask Jenny? Try to be grown up. I know it's not easy at your age, but, you know, you do have a handicap of your family. Do your best. Listen, I've just realised I've got no more time. I've got no more time. So many more things I wanted to do on the programme this morning, but I just don't have the time. So we'll do it again tomorrow morning between five and seven. Don't forget to podcast. I need the podcasting figures. I'm not, you know, a bitter person in any way, shape or form, but I've kind of pushed you towards the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, and then hopefully you'll podcast and read the blog and everything else. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between five and seven. Have a nice day. Wrap up warm, just in case the snow comes down. Nick and the team with you after the news at seven. First of all, the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve.